You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm bound for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. Venus? Yes, what would you like, Mark? How, how is the world treating you? Beautiful day outside. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice, uh, nice to have. And uh, we have Marsha with us today. Yes, nice to be here. And we're just uh, looking forward to interacting with you and hearing your story. Welcome. Thank you. It's a beautiful day. I'm glad I'm here. So each of us have a story, has a story, and uh, would you like to share your story with us? Sure. Um, my story begins with a 16-year-old mom um, who gave birth to me um, and didn't have a father in the picture. And so I didn't meet my birth father until I was 16 years old. And he lives on St. Mary's Reserve in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, you know, from then, from that point to now, I'm a pastor's wife. Been married for 20, almost 21 years. Wow. And most of my married life has been as a pastor's wife. So <laughs> that's, which is where God has, God has worked for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you have children? I have four children. Yeah. Ranging from 18. My oldest has graduated high school to four. She's still home and will start school this fall. Yeah. Well, that's quite the range. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so God is good. <laughs> yeah. It's great. To, great to have family and you're not new to Arrowhead here. I'm not. This is actually my first time at the camp. I've heard of it several times. Um, I've researched it out a few times, um, but I've never actually been here on the grounds till today. Okay. It's a beautiful spot. Yeah. It is. Yeah. There's a lot of nice trees here. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the things that we really liked at about it in the very first. There's hardwoods. Every kind of tree you can yeah, think of here. I am looking forward to having a little walk around after this. Yeah. It's a good day for that yeah. too. So... You came to faith. When did you actually say? I came to faith in Christ. I think I was six. I, mean, I know I was six or seven. I just don't know exactly what one. Um, my mom had a five-day club on her lawn in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And I couldn't tell you who the, who the people were, but there were two young people that came in and kind of did a neighborhood all we had to do was go around to our neighbors, invite our neighbors, and it was just an outdoor, kind of very informal, from what I remember, from being so young. And everything was done outside on our lawn. And I came to Christ from one of those two people that came. Right. Yeah. So ever since, I was, I was then baptized at Devon Park Baptist Church, um, just not long after that. And then when I was eight, we moved to Boys Town. And so I, I was raised Pretty much in Boys Town, New Brunswick. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a lot of support when you came to that decision as a child? Did you, did you have a lot of support through your life? Uh, I did at that time, yes, because my parents were both Christians at that time as well. Okay. So from pretty much then on up, I was raised in a Christian home. Yeah. Okay. So when you got to be a teenager, you stayed right on? Stayed uh, in church okay. as much as I dug my heels in sometimes and didn't want to go. My parents always, always made it a, a priority to make me go to church, even when, you know, when I didn't want to. Yeah. Um, the church doors were open and we lived less than a kilometer from the church. So we walked a lot of times. And if I was there for prayer meeting, Awana, Sunday morning, Sunday night, nursing home service, I was made to go. <laughs> and so when my kids, when they laugh now and they say, Mom, I don't feel like going, you know what? You 
didn't do me any harm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, were there a lot of other young people that? Uh, luckily, I did have okay. my best friend was also a Christian, um, and so her and I kind of did a lot of church together. Yeah, oh, that's I mean great. that doesn't that's not to say that there are a lot of times we didn't want to go and probably wasn't there in the right spirit, but we were there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And now? And now, now, um, yes, I'm very involved in my church now. Um, of course, I said that my husband's a pastor, and he's been at Forest Hills Fellowship Baptist Church in Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia now for, this will be our 15th year there. And so, I'm very yeah. much involved there, junior church, nursery, Sunday school, wherever, really wherever I'm needed, I'm, I'm there. So, um, you said that you were someone who was taken in an adoption? Yeah, uh, because my mom was 16 when she gave birth to me. Um, she wasn't with my birth father at the time, but very shortly after I was born, she met who I call my dad now. He adopted me. I believe I was two. Um, and he raised me ever since. So he's really the only dad that I know. Yeah. My birth father is a, a great man. Um, my mom has never spoken badly of him. She's never said a bad word ever to me about my birth father. Um, just clearly he wasn't, just wasn't ready to be a dad at the time. He was also young. Um, and so I only met him at 16 when okay. I first met him. And so my relationship to this day with him is not great. Um, I don't very much correspond in person with him. I hardly ever see him, actually. But I will send, you know, a Christmas card with an update of my kids. Um, I have sent him a Bible before, and I've sent him, like, some tracks before. Um, yeah, it's just not there yet. Yeah. Um, adoption is part of my, my story as well. Cool. With yeah. uh, my dad and my aunt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's never the same for two people, right? No, it's always different, yeah. But I know with Native people, uh, adoption is quite acceptable mm -hmm. and important. Yeah. And uh, so that's part of our story. I like the way it links in, too, with God and how he adopts us. That's right. We don't really are not his family until we actually trust him and come into his family, mm -hmm. right? And then he adopts us like we were always yep. his. yep. You gotta say something, Venus? You're thinking pretty hard there. <laughs> Do you see the smoke coming out of my ears? <laughs> uh, I was uh, thinking about uh, when you said you were you had to go to church even though you didn't want to, but today you're thankful for it. Mm -hmm. And um, there's teens out there who sometimes stop going to church because it's it's not their thing anymore and what encouragement would you have for them mm -hmm. as young people i think as young people we think that we know what we want in that time we really think you know we can make our own decisions and we're old enough to make our own decisions but i think we do need that little push from from it doesn't have to be our parents it can be a youth leader a pastor just a friend just that little push that keeps us going during the difficult times, because I think if we can get through those times, we can see the goodness of God and, and be pulled closer to Him for sure. It's easy to fall off. It's easy to stay home. I know it's easier to stay home. My kids tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there. I have an 18-year-old boy right now home. He would much rather stay home, honestly, than go to church. But, you know, I think it's so important because I was made to go. It didn't do me any harm. And I think if I can just push through, you know, I think we have to push, but also push with love. Mm. Um, I don't think we can, you know, it can't be like a rigid force thing, but this is why I want you to go, you know, like learn from me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I do think that little push or that little nudge is so, so beneficial for children. Yeah, and it especially youth. It seems like uh, in our human nature that when things go bad... We tend to shy away. Yeah. And that's really when we need to lean on the Lord even more. Yeah. So yeah. it takes us to push in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What advice would you give parents who have uh, teenagers that are just starting to uh, rebel or not want to do what the parents would ask them to do. Is there any advice that you would give? 
Uh, just the advice that I'm giving myself right now with my children um, that are 14. I've got another one that's 14 and, and 18, like I said. And that, I think it's just to love them through it. I think it's normal. I think it's normal to not want to go to church when you're a teen because your friends are all going and doing other things on Sunday mornings or youth group nights. There's other fun things that the world tells you is fun and will try to lure you in. But I do think we have to just love our teens through that. And just kind of, again, give them that encouragement that they really need to be there. Like, this is what I want you to do. For this one hour, you can, you know, you can give this to the Lord and, and go to church for that one hour. So for parents, just to keep, keep loving on them, keep loving on your kids, and just pray for them. Yeah. They, that is a difficult time. I know that even a teen now is so different than when I was a teen. And there just seems to be more, and probably every generation says that, but there just seems to be more out there to pull teens away. Mm. And so I think we just need to continue to pray for our teens and love them. Show them love. And I think I think it's so important for teens when they're in our church building, I think it's so important to acknowledge them. Yeah. To talk to them, to let them know I see you and I'm so glad you're here. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned love quite a few times. Um when we talk about God's love for us. Uh, can you explain to us of God's love for us as people or people that are non-believers or believers? Uh, um, can you tell me about God's love? God's love. I don't know how I would get through without God's love. I think that God, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't understand how people can get through life without God's love. I think just knowing that God is there, he's always there, doesn't matter what time of day, doesn't matter what time of night. If I need to talk to God, He's there. And I think we need to lean on God so much in these days. And I just think, you know, I, yeah. I just don't understand how people do it without Him. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. Have you thought of any, can you think of any particular answer to prayer you've had in the last little while? Any answer to prayer? Like a specific, it doesn't have to be, but... Mm. I'll have to think on that. We'll think on that for a few minutes. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Because like Just you said... the moment, I, I'm gone blank. <laughs> yeah, because uh, like you said, like in every situation mm -hmm. we can ask him, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of little things that yeah. we ask him, and I'm sure there's a lot of little, little answers too. Yeah. And I guess with our children, just... Uh, yeah, raising children is a tough job. Yeah, <laughs> for sure is a tough job. Yeah. Uh, answer to prayer, I would say. I, not This isn't really a specifically answer to prayer, but it's it's just a way that uh, shows encouragement from other believers. And I think that that's why it's also important to be in church because you have the you have the love of other believers. And uh, I have a great group of ladies that I, I have a um, prayer group with every Monday morning at church. And so they knew I was coming to this. I've, I've been asking for prayer for this for actually for quite a while because my initial response when I was asked to come, oh my goodness, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> That's I said to my husband, it's, that's not my thing. That's, yeah. I, I'm not the speaker. You're the speaker. You're the pastor. I don't go in front of people. <laughs> I much like to, to be behind the scenes. And so I shared that with my prayer group ladies and they... Uh, they have been so encouraging to me, and they've prayed with me, and uh, they've just let me know that the the Holy Spirit will give me the words to say. That's right. And so I'm leaning on that today. Yeah. That's Trusting. great. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll ask you, um, what does it mean to have personal relationship with God? You've already touched on mm -hmm. several aspects of mm -hmm. it. Could you think of another aspect that you could share? Another aspect that I can share about my personal relationship with God, I think it's definitely just a growth thing. You know, thinking back to when I was six and accepting Christ as my Savior, you know, you're so young, but the gospel is so clear that even a six-year-old can understand it, that Jesus died for my sins, and that if I repent and trust in Him, that one day I can have a home in heaven with Him. You know, it's so so easy for a child to understand but i think we as adults make it so difficult sometimes that i have to i have to have this right or i have to have that right or i have to you know before before i get to this stage where i could accept christ as my savior all these things need to be in place first 
But I think just it's so simple that if we just go back to the, that basic, Christ died for my sins. And yes, I want to have a relationship with him because he's my father. He's my father in heaven who cares for me and watches over me. And I just think that that's just key. We need to just remember that it's so easy and we don't have to make it so difficult. Sometimes we just turn it into things that, you know, we never can be perfect enough, right? No, not It at has all. to be by God's grace. And it's just a free gift. You mentioned the word repent. And uh, what does that mean to you? Do you have a definition for repent? Repent would be, yes, would be to, to be sorry for your sins, but more than sorry, to actually turn away from your sins. Yeah. And uh, what I love about the Father is he's right there waiting for us when we do turn to him. Mm-hmm, always. Yeah. And he's more willing to come towards us than we are to come towards mm-hmm. him. I think that's kind of what we're talking about yep. here. We're a little, we're quite reluctant yep. sometimes to to go towards God. For sure, yeah. Now there's many out there who don't have fathers or never had a father in the picture in their life now. And we talk about God as our heavenly father. Now, how Okay, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. I've been a Christian for many years, and I was doing this Bible study with a friend. And one of our studies was uh, God is our Heavenly Father. Now, I saw God as as uh, being the one in authority over me, and I've often prayed to my Heavenly Father. But I come to the realization that I never saw God as my father because i've never had a father i've never had i um i have had a birth father who was there uh i had a stepfather who uh, was there but i never really had a father to call dad so i never really knew what it was to have a dad and then i was going through this bible study and i i started to weep because i never really saw god as my Heavenly Father, I never realized that he was there in the darkest times. He was there in in my good times. But when I would come to him, he was God. He was the one. He was the creator. He, he made all of us. And how would you explain to someone who's never really had a father that you're trying to explain our Heavenly Father to them? How would you? And I know that you've had a father who... who uh, raised you and and adopted you and he adopted you because he loved you enough that he was willing to make him make you his mm-hmm. his own and and out of love he did that he he could have said no didn't want but he Absolutely. did he, yeah. he loved you enough that he was willing to take on that role as to be your dad mm-hmm. yeah that's right he didn't have to do that and for sure i'm so thankful for him um that would be very difficult. I know that it would be difficult for children, especially like yourself, who've never had a father figure, to, to speak of this Heavenly Father. Where is this Heavenly Father? Um, but I just, you know, really God is God, and, and God loves you. If you reach out to Him, He will show you love. It would be, it would be hard to someone that's never had a father. Yeah. Luckily, you know, in my situation, I, I was raised by a great man who is my dad. There's really no other word for him. Um, he might be my adopted dad, but I don't ever think of him that way. Yeah. He's just stepped up to the plate, and he, I've never felt different than anyone else. Uh, you know, I have a brother and a sister as well from him um, who are just my brother and sister. There's no yeah. there's no half of anything yeah. to me. It's just, they're just <laughs> I was raised with them, and they're my brother and sister. And then I have... Yeah. By my biological father, I also have two sisters and a brother. Um, and so it's I don't really know them very well. I have a, a little bit of a relationship with my older sister on that side. or my, Well, she's younger than me, but she's the oldest one. Um, so I know that it would certainly be difficult to understand a father's love if you've never had a father's love. But I also think you would probably long for that, that relationship with a father. I was, uh, I had a grandfather who, uh, raised me and he, and I knew that he loved us. I mm-hmm. knew that. And, uh, then 
uh, I date myself when I say that we didn't have a car, but he you mean there were had no cars back then. Is that what you're trying to say? Mark. <laughs> no, I mean, they had Studebakers, right? Oh, no. Oh, Mark. Good thing I love you as my brother. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll give you a Pontiac a 63 or something for that. Okay. He had he had a team of horses and we had a wagon. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, it, mm. and he always had a, a big garden and, and uh, it was a community garden. And we were always there with him. We knew that he loved us mm -hmm. because he just he just showered whatever love he had for us as his grandchildren and because we were raised by him. And then when I started, when I was going to this Bible study and I thought, a father, and I looked to my grandfather because yeah. that was the closest mm -hmm. that I could get to a father. And then I thought, God, as my father, he loves us with a perfect love. There's no ifs or buts. Uh, he takes us as we are, mistakes and all, mm -hmm. and he's willing to, he said that he would never leave nor forsake, and mm, in one. our darkest yeah. moments, he's there with us, and and he just says that he loves us with a, an everlasting love, mm -hmm. a perfect love, and I'm thinking to myself, that's what a father actually does. Mm -hmm. he, he loves us in spite of all that there's no judgment of character because he made us, he created us as 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 beings, as people and, and he made no mistake whatsoever when he That's created right. us and mm -hmm. and many people out there think that they are mistakes mm -hmm. and that I shouldn't be here, but there is no mistake. It's, uh, it comes to mind the verse, uh, love covers a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. Like if you love somebody, you don't see their faults. That's not what you're looking for. You yeah. see the best in them mm -hmm. because you love them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, the with me, the, the love of the Father, it, it's not based on me, but it's how he sees me because mm -hmm. he loves me, right? Mm -hmm. And that's my identity um, with God because he knows me better than I know myself. And how I define myself, even. Yeah. Because we do define ourselves in our families, too, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, my father had, you know, a relationship with his birth mother, and it, it was good, but it's not the same. The yeah. relationship's not as deep sometimes. Uh, but it's always there. It's always uh, important. And I know he loved his mom. And uh, I got to know her, too, which was, was great. And mm -hmm. she used to... She used to be older, and she would do the sweetgrass uh, weaving, weaving for baskets. Yeah. She had a bit of glaucoma, so some of the edges were a little frayed, but she was really good at it, and mm -hmm. she's known for doing that. That was one of her roles. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that uh, being crafty, and do you like... I love crafts. I oh, okay. do. I love crafts. Um, mostly, knitting, you know, very beginner knitting. I, I will try several things. Um, basket weaving is not one that I've tried, but I would love to give that a go. It would be fun, <laughs> huh? I think that would be super fun. Yeah. I made my first basket the other day there. Super cool. Yeah, they had a they had a workshop at at the reserve in yep. Woodstock. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, someone showed me how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I always just felt so good doing it because yep. I looked at baskets a lot, you know, but never done it myself. Yeah. So, yeah. So, did you grow up on a reserve? I actually grew up off the reserve. Uh, so did yeah. I. Yeah. 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 But not far. Yeah. Because yeah, it was in the area of my yeah my family. Yep. My father went one direction into the military, right? So that took him to university after. Mm -hmm. So uh, he was able to get a job as a professor in a school. So that's that was our story. Yeah. But then he also went to Bible school he later did. in life. Yeah. Later in life. He was probably almost 50 when he went. Wow. So I was the first to go. And then my sisters and then my father was the last one to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he really explains the Word of God well, my, my dad. So um, it's a rich, 
rich heritage have extended family mm-hmm. more more family the better yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know i have a, a wonderful grandmother and she also is is currently living on saint mary's she has always been a part of my life so even though i didn't have a very great relationship with my father um she always made an effort to to come out for Christmas and you know bring some Christmas gifts or you know come and buy, come and say happy birthday to me on my birthday. Yeah. So she still lives there. Um, right. and I think she's just a fantastic lady. And so I knew I was always loved by her even though it was always a little bit awkward because that was that was part of my unknown, right? Because I didn't because I always felt like because I didn't grow up on reserve, I didn't know that much about the reserve life and uh, mm-hmm. so sometimes I felt like oh, that's so much that I don't know. And it probably would have been easier for her to just stay away, but she always showed love and always came out all through my growing up years. And so I'm thankful for her. That's really great that you had her in your life, right? So did you, in your heart, did you struggle with uh, one part of this uh, identity being Native and and being uh, with your other family being not Native? Was there any struggle at all? Um, I would say that I hid it very well. Yes, I think for sure there would have been. Um, you know, there, there. I think that's even normal, as especially a teenager. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I didn't ever feel different per se in my own home, like it with my mom and dad, my sister and brother. You know, I just felt like a normal kid. But at school, when I was when I first moved to to the country from Fredericton. Um, you know, I came home one day quite upset because a, a another girl had called me a, a name based on the color of my skin. And so I guess I knew at that time I was a little bit different. You know, I wasn't around kids that looked like me. I was a little darker for some reason. Mom, why am I darker? You know, <laughs> um, and then when summer came and I tanned, man, I was really dark. <laughs> so I do, felt, I do feel like I, yes, I, I always, you know, I knew I looked a little different, but sometimes you, t- you tend to forget that. Until someone brings it up, you know, like why, why are, why are you a little darker than the rest of them? Um, but for the most part, I, I feel like I, I feel like I fit in to some degree. Yeah, there was always a little bit of struggle, um, and I think that's normal, especially for someone that doesn't really know when you don't know your father and and that side really aside. You know, I knew them to see them, but not really know them, and so I felt like yeah. Am I white? Am I native? You know, like, where does this all blend? Um, and so I would say just as I've gotten older, I have learned to appreciate um, mm-hmm. the differences. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, like, I've always loved to be out in nature. And it was something I never really could explain. And I, just, you know, to this day, I'm not sure my husband even gets it. Like, because <laughs> uh, li- I'm in the city. He, he, he moved me to the city. And I'm definitely a country girl at heart. Um <laughs> and everyone is so close and you know I've got no privacy where I am and that yeah, that's okay that's where God has me and it's good and I've learned to adjust but when I come out to places like this I'm I'm just I'm just amazed at the beauty I've always loved that kind of the nature part of it and being out on the water and canoeing and and I do think that probably all comes from the native side for yeah. sure yeah if if it helps you you know you can plant fiddleheads in your garden yes <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, don't think, I don't think you could plant fiddleheads in your garden Usually because you need a they, river. They, yeah, you need <laughs> water. Well, no, they, they grow, river, they grow, yeah. they grow. Yeah. Do they really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, even though no, no, no floods, yeah. no <laughs> floods. Home to plant some fiddleheads. Yeah. 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 You just have to water them fifty <laughs> times a day. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, they they grow. Yeah. yeah. I know several people that do that. Okay. Huh. Well, I, I, I learned something new today because I always thought you We'll show you what a fiddlehead looks like, Venus. We'll show you what a fiddlehead looks like, too, so you could. <laughs> I know what they look like, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I might come from the prairies, but I know what a fiddlehead looks like. Yeah, I could sure imagine that maybe they grow out on the prairies. You could try that, too. There uh, must be some things yeah. that you could bring down this way, too, from the prairies. Oh, I don't know. I love the sunsets on the prairies. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the sun seems so much bigger when they set and when the sun rises. 
the, the wide horizon. Yeah. Big sky. Yeah. I'm I'm blown <laughs> away with all the uh, the lakes and everything. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, Grand Lake. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. I don't know if you know the story or not, but um, that's we found a white arrowhead here. No. That's where the name came from. Oh, okay. Because the, well, this is part of the St. John River system, mm-hmm. so people used to pass through here and yep. camp in different places. So there's a lot of uh, artifacts around and things. Okay. Yep. Quite fascinating. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah. So. I have a friend who they adopted a little Inuit boy, and um, he just, he never thought much about his skin color. Mm-hmm. He's got black hair, brown eyes, and very dark skin. Mm-hmm. He comes home to his mother one day, and he says, Mom, why is my skin brown, and yours <laughs> isn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's just a normal yeah. question for yeah. a little kid, yeah. 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 My mom always said that I came out with black eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, human beings, for some reason, we like to accentuate the differences, mm-hmm. like especially when we want to kind of divide ourselves off from somebody, and then we'll just, it doesn't matter what it is, the person has a crooked finger or something, <laughs> they're going to say, how come he's different? Yeah. You're, you're different. Yeah. You know? But we're not all that different, are we? No, definitely not. I think when God made us, he, uh, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For me, that's an important part of uh, my identity. I really think that um, a person that knows Christ is, first of all, uh, one of his children. Mm-hmm. But then he, you don't have to leave your background behind you, right? Yeah. It's not uh, something you have to be ashamed of or... It's actually part of you, and I think that that you get that growing up. I think the more you, the more, the older I get, the more I appreciate that. Now, you know, back back then, I probably did wonder, well, why couldn't I just be like this person or that person, or you know? But that, yeah, your heritage is something. I think as you get older, you appreciate, and now I think it's super cool. Because it's as a teenager or a young person in that in between age, like identity is a. That's a big thing big for anyone, thing. Yeah. yeah, at that so age. So you don't really want to be seen as somebody different. So. No. Any, any way. I think sometimes, even to this day and age, is having to find a place where you fit. Mm-hmm. If you look at me, i got dark skin, dark eyes, and, and I cannot pass as someone who's white. <laughs> 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 and I've always been who I was, and and uh, sometimes I didn't like being who I was because growing up, life wasn't easy being Native because you're always, there was uh, racism in, in my community, mm-hmm. and so you were yeah. battling with who you were and trying to accept who you were mm-hmm. as as a Native person. But when I came to Christ, I even struggled uh, as being a Native person because we uh, had to wear dresses to go to church. I was in Bible school, and and I thought, well, who am I? Is that and, one of the fundamentals? Of- <laughs> no. Just and, kidding. And I said, uh, who am I? And then I had to go right down to the basics of who I was in Christ. And once I accepted that part of who I was as as a believer, as a Christian, life seemed a little bit more easier. And then, like you said, you learn to appreciate mm-hmm. who you are, your culture, your heritage, your background, yeah. and what makes you as as a person and it's it's kind of neat that there's if we look back in our family tree of where our family comes from and you got two family trees and that makes it more exciting mm-hmm. because and then if you look at your mother's side where did you come from or your father's side well possibly three family trees mm-hmm. and yeah. that's exciting it is very very exciting and I just recently discovered ancestry, and I have been doing that, and I think it's super cool to to be able to trace your lineage back. is is just really really cool. But yeah, touching back on what you said, Venus, about you know being born a mistake, or people thinking that sometimes maybe you know this child wasn't wanted, born a mistake. But I I have often thought you know God doesn't allow certain things in our lives 
for no reason. I've, I've always felt that there's always a bigger picture and God always knows what's best, of course. But I think it's easy sometimes for us to look at a mom, like a mom that's 16-year-old, a 16-year-old and, and giving birth to a, a baby that has no father. And you, and you wonder what good can come of that. Like that just seems like a bad situation all over. But, you know, that yeah. little baby, you know, grew up to be a child that loves God yeah. and has served God in so many ways over the years. And I will say summer camp, and, and especially being here at Arrowhead Native Bible Center, but I grew up going to Mamrishi Bible Camp, which is up near Plaster Rock, back in the woods as far as you can I've get. Been there. <laughs> Have you been there? Yeah, oh yeah. It was one <laughs> telephone. Christ- that's the Christian camp that I, yes, I remember that. That's <laughs> the one that, that I... Little road, <laughs> that little windy road rocks oh, to Kendrick's yes. Lake, right? Yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. I just love it. Beautiful place. I just love it. When you get back there, it's beautiful, but that's where I grew up going to summer camp at. And I got to say, that those summer years were the best years of my life. Yeah. So I highly recommend any any child to come to summer camp. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about it, definitely send your send your children. My here. kids, they profited from working at a summer camp yeah. too. As teenagers, yeah. they really felt that because they were serving God, that that made well, mm-hmm. it made God more real. Yeah. Because just sitting and, and hearing about yeah. God. But when you actually you're doing something, put something in yeah. practice, it, yeah, it so it makes it more solid. It, yeah, and so over the years, you know, coming up through that camp, I went there several years, and then back as a counselor, and and you know, just where my life when I when I think about where my life is right today, you know, had my mom had did my mom see that at sixteen year old, sixteen years old, could she have seen that you know this little baby would one day grow up to serve and love and and to eventually you know be a pastor's wife. <laughs> Never probably would have thought that, you know. So, you know, yeah. thinking back, you know, was it a mistake? Was I a mistake? I've often thought, you know, like, obviously I wasn't meant to be from my mom's perspective, but the Lord had it all figured out. And his plan is always so much better than ours. Oh, my goodness. And then you think that he knew mm. who your parents were going to be before you were born mm-hmm. and and which family you were going to be in. Yep. And it's like you said, no mistake it's not whatsoever. A mistake. No, it's not a mistake. He, no, he knows it all. That's where we have to really turn to him and and just give him all our confidence mm-hmm. because he does things so well. Mm-hmm. And uh, like families are known also for being destructive forces in people's lives, right? In some cases yeah, in where some there's cases. dysfunction. Yeah. But even there, you know, like if a family turns to God, he can completely change that change around. It, for sure. And uh, my family is an example of that. My whole family had turned to, to Christ. And mm-hmm. even now, my my uh, extended family, like my nephews and nieces and everything, you know, we're not perfect and not everybody's following God the way that we mm-hmm. maybe should. But um, there's a unity there in the family. We love, we love one another. We pray oh, for yeah. one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a happy occasion when we're together. And that's one of the biggest things that you can do, I think, is to pray for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To encourage and pray for each other. And and we have to realize, too, that, you know, like, it's not our job to save people. It's our no. job to plant the seed. But it's only God who gives the increase. Mm. Yeah. So it's our job to be the encourager and, and you know, to speak to, speak to someone that, that's brought into our path and you know people that live beside us not there for or, you know for no reason i always feel like there's people are put into our path for a reason and so i always like to try to take advantage and i'm just trying you know again trying to put into practice those things that that i'm not in someone's life by by a mistake either like they're there for a reason and and i think that we just have to love them but it's only god that gives the increase so if you had an opportunity, like if you could just picture someone out there right now that needed to hear a word, like if you planted a seed, mm-hmm. what would you say to them right now? If there's someone out there that, that is unsaved or yeah, they're trying to reach quite someone. Know yet. Doesn't quite know if they believe. Yes. I would say that you just need to, you just need to sit and think about your life a little bit. And in the silence, I think you need to just call out to God. He's real. God's real. And I, I believe God will show himself to you in some way. If you need to yes. know, God will reveal himself. Yeah. That's a positive thought. 
because we do sometimes need him so badly. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote someone. I went to Jesus to the Nations back in the end of March. And the speaker there this year was Danny Mackay. And he was out, actually from out west, I think Manitoba. And he said, he, he gave an example that was so profound to me. He said, we, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. You know, sometimes we can shy away from the truth a little bit. I don't know if I have the right words to say, which is exactly what I would, I sh- you know, I felt like saying today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can go and do that. But like he said, and, and, and he gave such a powerful statement, he said that he went into a Starbucks one day. I'm not sure where it was. And he said that it was packed. The place was packed. And he said there was one table left and there was a lady sitting there. And he said, you know, it would have been easy for him to just grab his coffee and go. But he, he felt, you know, like he should sit. So he, he made his way over to this table and she said, you know, if you need a chair, you can sit here. And he said, I sat down. And she asked him what he did for work. And uh, he said, I teach people how to love Jesus. That's what I go around doing. Okay. And she said, of all the people in this place, that's fully, she said, my seat is the one that's empty across from me. And you sit down in front of me and you ask me, he asked her, you know, what, what, is there a miracle that you could use in your life? Or, you know, he started the conversation that way. She said, I woke up this morning and I prayed today that you would show yourself real to me. And she said, you walk in this place and you sit in front of me and you ask me what I need for a miracle today. That, that, that <laughs> statement right there just blew me away. And I thought, wow. how many people in this world do we need to just talk to, right? Like they're there, we see them, but we're so busy with our own lives that we just, we hurry away. I mean, you're really not we supposed just to sit next by to people somebody, right? Or, yeah, I don't know if I want to sit in front of them. I'm yeah. they're saving that seat. Or, I, so I, I, it's just my hope that I can just learn from that. And I've pondered on his words ever since I've heard them to just be more aware of the people around me. Who, yeah. needs, who, need, who do I need to talk to today? And not to shy away from the gospel. I think we get so scared that we don't know what to say. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if I have the right words, but I think we just have to start talking to people. There's so many people out there. It's, a, it's amazing how fast mm-hmm. uh, a little community can form. Mm-hmm. Like getting off an airplane sometimes and somebody's being kind yeah. to somebody else. All of a sudden everybody's watching yeah. and everybody's smiling at each other yeah. and helping each other out. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a really good thing. People aren't so scary. You know? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so if we just open our we mouths. Open and our mouths, yeah. Make God will reveal himself to us if we, you know, if, if we just search and ask him to. Some of us are really good at opening our mouths. Some, some of us are, and some of us would much rather be behind the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I think of being a pastor's wife, and uh, I think of all the work that goes behind it, and uh, is it... Are, do you have a lot of things to do? Do you delegate or do you um, lead the Bible studies? Do you, I know that there's always meals at the church. Do you, are you uh, the one in charge or do you have people? We have a great church. We really do. Um, we have different committees. So we have a hospitality committee. So they're the ones that are involved in, in setting up the meals. We do a you know a once a month kind of fellowship lunch. Um that being said, I, I don't lead the Bible study. I do attend the Bible studies, but there's another lady that kind of, you know, she feels that's what she likes to do, and that's definitely not my thing anyway. So she takes the reins on that. And prayer group is another thing I attend, but I don't lead it um, just because we have ladies that are, are so willing to do that. And I'm so yeah. grateful. I'm so grateful that I don't have to do that because that's definitely not my area that I feel comfortable with. Plus, you have a ministry to your children. Yeah, I, I am children. a busy mom with the four children at home, for sure. Yeah, taxi taxi driver, and, you know, this one's got that appointment, and this one's got that. and That can be, get pretty It's heavy, pretty huh? busy, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah. Taxi no. driver, <laughs> cook, cook uh, yep. janitor. Yes, and, yes. And keeping things in order. and That's a full-time job on its own right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for sure. But I mean, isn't that the great part about it is that we don't have to do everything? We don't have to do everything, yeah. I mean, we have to do a lot sometimes, yeah. but we don't have to do everything. Yeah. For sure. So have your children been to camp? Have you encouraged them? Yeah, my my second son, he's 14. A few years ago, he went to camp, and my daughter, she's eight. She was a 
Well, she's been there last the past two years. Um, they go to Mount Traber Bible Camp, which yes, is, I know. Yeah, yeah. you know where that is. Yeah, they love it there. So, so I encourage them. You know, my my older son, he's kind of getting to the age where he doesn't really want to go anymore, but my daughter just loves it, and so I think you know. As long as she can go, I want her to go for sure. Yeah. Such Do they a good still have effect. horses there? They have horses. Yeah, they have little farm animals, and they have a great time there. The way I got in touch with ministry to First Nations was through my dad, mm -hmm. and there's a story about McKendrick Lake. Oh, really? Yeah, he went there as a counselor. But nobody told him that the camp had not yet been fully constructed, right? Okay. So they were actually building the camp as the as they went through <laughs> the camp or the camp week, right? Oh my goodness! So then he was in a cabin with a group of Mi'kmaq yeah. who spoke their language on among themselves, and he couldn't understand a word they were saying. And he was in this uh, in this cabin, and he was just. Completely out of his element, really, in a sense. But then, you know, he was praying to God. Mm -hmm. and, but then he was so, when he came back from that camp, he was so enthusiastic about this camp that he said, I want to take the whole family. So yeah. we went, all the whole family went the wow. next next year. And, that's uh, so cool. And that's where God really put his hand on me yeah. and said, you know, I can use you yep. in this ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about summer camp. I think it's so beneficial for children just to grow up going to camp. I guess it's, isn't it something to do with city life and... Maybe it is just getting away, yeah. Just unplugging for a little while, being in nature. Because I find that therapeutic, you know? Just to be is. Like to be here and yeah. walk around. And mm -hmm. What's funny is when we first started camp here, we had outdoor facilities. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the kids That's very well put, Venus. <laughs> <laughs> the kids came and when they wanted to know where they were going to wash and, and <laughs> go to the bathroom, they thought it was, no, I'm not using that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this camp is how start. old? It's must be fairly old if it didn't it was have nineteen um, eighty nine. Okay. I think we yeah. had the open house, and yeah. I think it was probably the first year of camp yeah. eighty nine because our daughter was born in ninety. Okay, we were here. Yeah, yeah, that would have been it. Yeah, yeah, because I finished Bible school in eighty nine, yeah. and I moved out here. January of 1990. Wow. On a bus. Dead of winter. <laughs> Did you know where you were going? <laughs> Had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> no. uh, but that was the best decision I've ever made mm. because the Maritimes has been my home ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost, uh, it's uh, 29 years. Wow. 29 years, almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. That does date you, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would feel like home for sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow, almost thirty years. See, out west, you go to the cities. Everything is fast, 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 fast. But when you come out here, it's uh, little towns and and people are laid back Slower and pace. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. They say that people are happier here because mm -hmm. it's not that overwhelming stress all the time yeah no it's just uh even when you come through uh uh chipman and you see the little country towns yeah. and i just i just love it you're not too much in a hurry to get anywhere yeah, that yeah it really is it beautiful you're yeah. always about 15 20 minutes late okay that's it <laughs> i understand I, I got the picture just taking in the scenery yeah <laughs> <laughs> Drive a little slower. Uh, <laughs> well, my son, we were coming through, and my son said, Mom, why are there so many abandoned um, buildings around here? <laughs> I don't know, Cohen, <laughs> but aren't they pretty? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, beautiful lake, too. Yes, it's gorgeous. So I've seen this camp before from, from out on the water, actually. I, oh, I've really? been here, I've been to Chipman, this has been a few years ago probably about 10 years ago there's a bible camp 
Chipman Fundamental Bible Camp. Yep. Not long, not yep. far up the road. Yeah. I've gone there for like a ladies retreat, retreat, like two or three falls. I think it was like September. Um, and when I was out on the canoe one time, I remember looking in. I don't know. And I'm pretty sure it was this camp. I thought there was a teepee that I saw. Was there a teepee here one time? Or no? I don't think so. I remember someone saying, that's that's Arrowhead over there. But I didn't really know anything about it. I remember when we were first here, Bob Stewart brought all this plastic. So we made any kind of shelter that we could. Okay. Because when it started raining, you know, we would go in there. (laughs) And And Francis Google wanted to cut down every oak tree that was here. (laughs) Yeah. We had to watch them every minute. <laughs> uh, and then we'd uh, we'd come and have camps. We'd come in and have work weeks when there was hardly anything. And yeah. we set up tents out here and we'd be camping mm-hmm. and eating together. Those were the days. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So much that memories to this place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I know it would be a great ministry, yeah. So, if you were going to say one final conclusive thought from your heart, what would you what would you share with us today? Final thought from my heart. I hope you'll have others after that. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just say that life with God is good. I think I think he's just always there and and I can tend to be someone that worries a lot. Worry comes easy for me. Um and I can allow myself some very negative thoughts very fast and it can all go downhill real quick. The worst case scenario is going to happen. It's probably going to happen. This is what's going to happen. But I think always having God there no matter what time I need yeah. to pray to him. Doesn't matter. I'm laying in bed wide awake at night and I can't sleep because this thought is in my head. This irrational thought that's never going to happen. <laughs> um, so just having a friend there all the time, I'm never alone. And he promises he'll never leave me. Like Venus said, he'll never leave nor forsake. And I think that's just the greatest thing, just to always have someone there that's got my back. He's a faithful friend. Faithful friend, yeah. And he never sleeps. He never sleeps. Nope. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. So much, I've Marcia. never met you before, but yeah. wow. I got a new sister. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks for sharing Thanks for the with invitation. Us. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For interesting crafts and resources, visit our Pinterest boards at pinterest.com forward slash ANBCNCEM. Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.